Thanks so much for joining us here on the Rivers Church Podcast. We see a church full of passionate people who reach the unchurched with the gospel of Jesus. Our heart is to equip people to love, live, and lead in God's kingdom. We hope you enjoy today's message and pray that it encourages you to be all that God has destined you to be. If you need anything, please feel free to reach out to us and check us out on our website at riverschurch.co. That's riverschurch.co. Let's pray together before we begin. God, I thank you for this opportunity to be here today, God, to worship with this group of people, to teach your word, and to lean into our freedom. We know that freedom is a person. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so we just ask today and over the course of the next several weeks that you would hover over this place that you would hover over every heart, you would hover over every couple, every family, you would hover over this church family, and you would do something brand new. And we give you all the praise and glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. I'm really excited uh, to be here with you today and to, to go on this journey together over the course of the next several weeks. I know Pastor Tyrone just kind of laid out the the time frames and stuff, but before I jump into the first message in this series, I just want to paint a little bit of a picture of what this reset experience is like. So, because I know some of you maybe have have, um, heard a little bit more or you have done something similar. I know you have Freedom Conference at this church, and I know there's ministries like Cleansing Streams and other things like that. And so you've maybe been on a journey like this before. So you have a little bit of a grid for what we're going through here. And then other people, you're like, I just came to church today and I had no idea I was about to go on a journey. And I definitely didn't know we were going to be talking about the hard parts of our life. And so I just want to paint a picture of what it's like. So who in here has ever had an operation or like an outpatient procedure where they put you to sleep? I have... I just had one done a couple weeks ago on my back. And what they always do is that you have to prep before you go in for the operation, right? So you you either don't eat or you can only eat certain things. They give you medicine, and then depending on the part of the body, they may have to shave you. Um, But they're preparing you so that the operation goes well. It's not the preparing that fixes what ails you. It's the actual operation that fixes the problem. And on the other side of the operation, life is a whole lot better. You're a whole lot healthier. And so that's kind of what we're doing, but in the realm of of our soul, is the next five weeks are really meant to prepare us. It's meant to shift our mind and open our spiritual eyes and open our spiritual ears and prepare us so that on the 15th and the 16th, for those of you that would like to attend, God can go in and do this deep work inside of our soul and we get the most out of the experience. So it's not the prepping that does the deep work, it's really what God does in the weekend. Now here's the difference, when you have a physical operation, they put you to sleep and you do absolutely nothing. The surgeon does all the work and then you wake up, you're in pain for a little bit, but then you get better, right? It's a little bit different with in the realm of the soul because you you need to lay down on the operating table, you have to be willing but you also have to cooperate with the surgeon. So you have to let some things go. You have to allow yourself to be opened up. You have to allow him to go in and say, hey, I want to talk about 
a thing that happened when you were 15 and how it's affected you so that I can speak truth into it and I can heal you and you can be a much, much better version of yourself on the other side of this. And so if that, even just me saying that, if that scares you a little bit, I want to reassure you that the Holy Spirit is never going to bring up something to hurt you. He's never going to bring up something that it's too much for you. He's such a gentleman. He just brings up enough to talk about it and deal with it. The process of freedom and becoming who God created us to be, it's a journey. So it's layers. It's layers that come off. And so he, he brings up the things that he wants to deal with in this season. All right, so that's kind of where we're headed. But you're going to hear the word freedom a lot. So I want to make sure that I define that at the beginning here. Here's what it is, and then I want to talk about what it isn't. Freedom is simply this. It's the ability to respond to God as the person you were created to be. And so by definition, responding to God means that we have to be able to hear him, first of all. And so we need to get our spiritual ears unclogged. We need to deal with some things that are kind of changing the filter through which maybe we're hearing his voice. And then we want to be able to respond to that voice. Everything in the Christian walk starts with God's voice. He's our source. So our ability to hear him, but then respond not as a, a wounded version of ourself or a lesser version of ourself. We want to be able to respond by being bold, by being able to take risks, by starting a go group, all the things that you guys are talking about with evangelism. We want to do those things as somebody that is a healthy version of us, the best version of us. So the ability to respond to God as the person you were created to be. Now, salvation it's really easy. All the work is on God, right? We just, we just believe. We believe Jesus Christ is our Savior. We move from spiritual death to spiritual life. And it's amazing. That's the, that's the best thing, best decision you can ever make. But what doesn't happen is the Holy Spirit doesn't hit the delete button on all the memories from the past. I wish he would, but he doesn't. He doesn't take away immediately all of our bad habits, or our ways of thinking, or our ways of interacting. So we have to go through this freedom process or this sanctification process, which is what we're doing here, to renew our mind and to, to fix those wounded parts of ourselves. So that's what freedom is. Here's what it's not. It's not the absence of something. So we're not free if we end a bad habit or get out of debt, or end a toxic relationship. It's not the absence of something. That's a void. Freedom is the presence of someone. Yes. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. So we're ridding these things so that we can be filled with the Spirit of God. Scripture says in Matthew 6, that we seek first the kingdom and his righteousness, and all the other stuff is added. So freedom's not seeking relief from our problems. If we did that, we'd be putting our problems in ourselves above God. So we're not seeking relief from problems. We're seeking first the Spirit of God, and then all the other stuff is added to us. So we want to orient ourselves today by talking about God's voice. I want to start with a quick story. Jeff and I, my husband Jeff is here. Um, Jeff and I have been involved in different types of ministries for many years, but I got a text this summer from a lady I hadn't seen in several years, and um, it was early June. And she, she said where, she had moved away, since moved away from Phoenix. 
And she wanted to know where we were worshiping. She said, I want to come worship with you. I said, okay, great. So she met us at church, and we went to lunch afterward. And she said, I'm so glad that I'm actually spending, it was Father's Day, spending Father's Day with you guys. Because she pointed back to the reset retreat, which it had been, I think, six years since she had gone. She's maybe 60 years old when she went through it. And she pointed back to the reset retreat, and she said, that weekend changed my life. And, and when she said that, I said, I remember the story that you told me after the weekend. And when she had gone to the reset retreat, there's a session on strongholds, which are thought patterns that are built on lies. And so at the end of each session, we do what we call uh, reset moments, which we'll do at the end of the session today. But they're guided prayers where we, we give you questions to ask so you can hear God's voice. And we got to the end of that session, and the guided prayer, the first question is, ask God to show you an event he wants to talk to you about today. And I remember her telling me, this was six years before, she said, in that moment, you know, her head's, head's down, eyes closed. She said it was like a screen drop down. And the Lord showed her a memory from when she was about nine years old. And she said, it was just like I was back in my house in southeast, um, I think it was Tennessee, she said, I grew up poor, and I had asked my dad that day to get me a coloring book. I had been to town, and I saw this specific coloring book, and I described the cover, and I said, Dad, will you get this for me? And he was going into town, and as I recall, he was, he was an alcoholic, but um, he, he wanted to please his daughter, so he said, yeah, I'll get it for you. So he goes into town. He comes back later. He was uh, drunk, as I remember the story, and he hands her the coloring book, and she said, well, this isn't the one that I wanted. I wanted the one with, and she starts describing it. And he gets furious with her, grabs it out of her hand, starts ripping it up, tearing it up, saying all these things, and he throws it into the fireplace. And she said, I was sitting there, and I just saw this scene play out, and my coloring book burning. And then the next question in the guided prayers, we're talking about God's voice today, was what lie did you believe when that happened? And she said, instantly, the Spirit of God told me that this lie wedged in my soul that men can't be trusted. Now, she had made a correct judgment about her dad because he couldn't be trusted, but she had made this blanket judgment, her little nine-year-old heart, that all men can't be trusted. And then as we worked through the guided prayer, what the Holy Spirit started to unravel for her was that that lie had built this wall between her and men. And the Holy Spirit began to show her how she had sabotaged relationship after relationship up until she was about 60 years old at this time. And he began undoing that lie in those moments and was helping her forgive her father. And she went through this whole process. And so we fast forward to Father's Day 2023. And she, she was telling us, by God's grace, thank God for reset. Thank God for an opportunity to hear God's voice and to undo that. Now, here's why I tell you that story, because for decades, she had been a Christian, for decades, but she was not, as our definition says, able to hear and respond to God as the person she was created to be because of a wounding. And when she would get rejected, it'd be a new injury, and then that, it would reinforce that lie that men can't be trusted. And she had spent a lifetime living that way. And so I don't know what it is for each of us in this room, but there's areas of life where we don't know that we're believing a lie. 
And that lie is, is sending us on a tra trajectory that's not of God. And so our starting place today is we have to be able to hear God's voice. So I want to talk about how we hear God's voice, how do we know for sure it's God, and then how do we hear him better. And just a little heads up, I'm going to spend more, a lot more time talking about number one than two and three. So if I'm spending a long time on number one, don't freak out. I'm like, oh my goodness, we're going to be here until 3.30. So we'll spend a little bit more time on number one. Uh, Pastor Jerome already read John 10, so I'm not going to reread that to you. But I want to talk a little bit about what we learn from that passage, because that really is the most famous passage of Scripture about God's voice. And what we learn, uh, one thing is, is that we can hear God, yeah. right? In the passage, we're the sheep. And Jesus is telling us that we have the ability to hear God's voice. And not only do we have the ability to hear God, but it's extremely personal. I love the part where it says, he calls his own sheep by name. So hearing God is extremely personal. We also learn that God's voice leads us. So he's the shepherd out front. He's the one calling us. He's not behind us with his staff beating us and trying to shove us in a direction, but he leads us. Several years ago, I remember watching this YouTube video about sheep and shepherds. And you know, that's not real common sight in our culture, but it was absolutely incredible. There was a watering hole and there were literally hundreds of sheep. And the sheep all had their head down, drinking water, or they were grazing. And this one shepherd stood up by this gate, and he just started making his call. And it was incredible. His sheep literally just put their heads up, and they started separating from all the other sheep and going to the gate and following him. And I thought, wow, that, that is amazing. You know, That was a common sight in their culture, but we don't get the metaphor that Jesus is talking about here, literally he's saying, you can distinguish my voice from other voices. You can distinguish my voice from the voice of the evil one. You can distinguish my voice from the voice in your own soul or just from the other noise and, and clatter and clutter that's in the world. My sheep know my voice. So as Christians, we have outer ears and we have inner ears. So we're born naturally with the ability to communicate. We can hear, we can talk. But what Jesus is telling us here is that when we're born again, so when we accept Christ as Savior, the Spirit of God comes to live on the inside. And when that happens, we have inner ears that can hear God's voice. We have our inner eyes that, that see through a spiritual lens as well. But just like when we're born and we're growing up, we have to learn how to communicate. We have to learn how to be better listeners and to, to articulate ourselves well. It's the same thing with growing in our relationship with God. We have to learn how to communicate and have a relationship with God where we can hear and where we can um, have an effective prayer life. And so that's what this session really is about. So let's talk about how God speaks. Romans 10, 17 says, faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of God. I actually think that hearing God's voice is the most important topic in our faith because faith comes from hearing. Yeah. It was God's voice that called you into salvation. You had a moment where you heard the Holy Spirit and it, where it's like the clouds parted and it became clear Jesus is the Son of God. And so you had this outer voice and you responded and you accepted him as Savior and faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of God. 
Now, I'm assuming we're mostly full of believers in here, but I think we would all agree that when we've heard God's voice, our faith just skyrockets. So whether it's through a passage of scripture where we're going through a difficult season, we're like, God, I need, I need direction on this. And then we read something in God's word and we know that we've heard God's voice, our faith skyrockets. If someone's praying over us and they, they hear God's voice and they say what they believe God is saying and it's exactly what we need to hear, what happens to our faith? Our faith skyrockets. So anytime we hear God, our faith goes up. Now, it doesn't always mean that our circumstances shift, but when we've heard God, the Bible says truth sets us free. So there's freedom just in hearing him because our faith rises. So the first way that God speaks is through the Bible, of course. 66 books, over 40 authors, written over the course of a 1,000 years with one consistent theme. Scripture says of itself, all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training. So God's always speaking through his word. But what do we hear when we're reading the Bible? We hear all kinds of things. We hear how God acts. We hear how God behaves. We hear what he thinks. We hear how he feels, what he likes, what he dislikes, what he loves, what he hates. It's, we're learning God's personality. We're learning the plan that he has for our life. We're learning the boundaries that he's given us to live by and that there's blessing and promises inside those boundaries. We're learning what happens if we step outside of those boundaries. In general, though, the Bible gives us God's general will for our lives. It doesn't necessarily give us day-to-day instructions. When I was single and seeking, you know, like, God, where's my husband? There wasn't, like, chapter and verse that had his name and his phone number. (laughs) So it's not that God doesn't speak to us like that through Scripture. But sometimes, though, have you found that it can be extremely personal? When you're reading God's word, I will never forget when I was still single, I used to be a teacher and my birthday's in July and I went home for a few weeks. Home is Iowa to me. And so I was in Iowa visiting my parents and I got up one morning and I'm, I was praying before I went upstairs, a little bedroom that was in the basement. And I was just kind of having one of those pity party days or something about turning a year older and like, God, you've given me desires to, you know, to be married. And I, I knew I was called to full-time ministry and I had moved a thousand miles away to Phoenix and made all these sacrifices. And so I was just having kind of a pity party. And, and this is the word I kept saying to God. I kept saying, I feel like you're withholding from me. Like I've really tried to obey and be in the center of your will. And it's just like another year goes by and another year goes by. And you're just withholding promises from me. And so I go throughout my, the rest of the day. And, you know, I didn't really think about my prayer time. It was a Wednesday night and my dad invited me to go to his church, which it wasn't the church I grew up in. So I didn't know the pastor. And so he, he parks us down on like the second row, do the whole service It's at the very, very end, the pastor's closing out the service. And again, I don't really know this pastor. And I remember I I had my my Bible and I was reading something, so I wasn't looking at him. And I heard my name in the microphone. And he goes, Carissa. And I'm like, well, I guess you're not paying attention. They just call you out in front of everybody. So I just kind of look at him like, what, am I in trouble? You know, so I look up at him. And he said, I have a a scripture the Lord wants me to give to you. He said, it's Psalm 21.2. The Lord will grant your heart's desire and not withhold the requests of your lips. 
And he just stared at me, and he said, does that mean anything to you? And I just went. And he said, okay. And then he just prayed and closed out the service. Guess what happened to my faith in that moment? Off the charts. Because faith comes through hearing. Now, did my circumstances change? Jeff didn't suddenly appear. I didn't get a new job offer. But truth sets us free. Just knowing that God hasn't forgotten me, he's watching over me, my faith rises, and it's easier for me to keep walking out what God has called me to do. So God can speak to us very personally through his word. The second way is through godly people. And God can use people in a variety of ways. And I know this is a spirit-filled church, and you believe in the gifts of the spirit. God can use apostolic voices, prophetic voices, evangelistic voices, pastoral voices, teaching voices. We've probably all had that experience where it feels like the person speaking is speaking just to us. And one of the ways that God speaks is through people. He speaks through godly counsel. Proverbs 15:22 says plans fail for a lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed. So God can use mentors, pastors, counselors, therapists. God, these are voices that God uses. The Bible also teaches us how God speaks to us through what I like to call other ways. Now, I know that's super general, but the message there is that God's not limited on how he can get a message to us. In the book of Numbers, he literally spoke through a donkey. In the book of Daniel, a hand appeared and wrote a message on a wall. All throughout scripture, we see God speaking through dreams in the night, through visions in the day when people are praying, like Peter, he sees a blanket drop down and there's animals, but God's not limited on how he can get a message to us. Another other way that God speaks is through open and shut doors. I was going into a grocery store one time and you know, you're just used to the black mat. You step on the black mat, the door opens. Well, the door was already open. And so I was going in, and this other couple was coming out. And like I said, the door was already open. And I remember getting right up to the door, and right when it, it should have stayed open, it shut right in my face. I almost smacked my face into it. I remember the couple that was walking by me, and she goes, should that door shut right in her face? And instantly, the Holy Spirit spoke to me. And he said, that's how I work. If I want to open doors for you, I'll open them. But if I want to shut doors for you, I'll shut them right in your face. And that's how you know that it's me, because it's one of the ways that I speak, through open and shut doors. And so we have to realize that if, we've, if we believe we've heard God, but no doors are opening, if what we heard, it might have come a place in our own soul. But if we really have heard God, and we're trying to walk that out, doors should be opening, because it's one of the ways that he communicates with us. And then another other way is what I like to call God winks. And these are my favorite. There's these little supernatural coincidences where you're like, there's absolutely no way that could happen unless God made that happen. And I feel like it's God just kind of looking down and just kind of winking at us, saying, I see you. I see you in the middle of it, or encouraging us. I, I honestly think it's also a way that God shows his sense of humor. You guys have these experiences where it's just like, I see you, and he's just kind of showing his, his personality up. I have so many examples of this today. I was like, God, which one do I want to share? I want to share them all, you know, because I just, I love these. But they're, the one I'm thinking of right now was I, I was doing inner city ministry, 
for a really long time. My heart, my passion was all in that. And then God threw me this curveball, and I got asked to do uh, to leave teaching and go full time to do adult discipleship. And I was like, "What?" Like, that's leaving everything and doing this. And that actually sounds boring. Like, those people might be paying attention. Like, I'm used to inner city kids, and it's crazy. And, uh, but, but stepping into that, then I had to leave all of this because all the times conflicted. And so I was really having a hard time hearing God. And I, I really felt like God was saying, just trust me and step into this. But you know when things are big, God wants to confirm it through people. He confirms it through these God winks and stuff like that. And one of the things that they were asking me to do in this new position was write this class that they called Apex. And um, they had already started it, but like, it just needs to be rewritten. And my license plate, it's still my license plate right now, it came back at the time and it was APX 777. I was like, what are, what are the chances my license plate would say Apex 777? You know, it's just this little God wink of God's like, you need to go in that direction. There was uh, another time right around our anniversary where uh, Jeff and I just kind of stumbled into this property as a retreat center, and they had a labyrinth in there. You know what a labyrinth is? It's like a, this big maze, and I love to walk and pray, and so I'm going through this. I'm like, oh, this is so cool, and I'm like, you know, doing the whole labyrinth, and then you get to the middle, and I love it because it's kind of like you pray, your journey inward, kind of like we're doing and then it's the journey outward back into the world, and you pray. And I got to the middle, and they had a rock in there, and it had the word freedom on it, which is something that you know I'm really passionate about. And I had been giving people away these white rocks, these prayer rocks, because of a scripture in Revelation. And so it was just kind of, it was personal to me. And I would joke with Jeff after that. I'm like, someday we need to get a house it has a big yard so I can get a labyrinth in there. And then I, then I don't have to be the crazy person walking through the neighborhood like, who is she talking to? I know she's praying. Like, I could just do it in my backyard. So fast forward uh, to, this was about two years ago. And I, I go hike and, and pray. And I'm praying on this little spot on the mountain. And it honestly was probably the most difficult season I've ever been through in my life. And I was just going up there consistently and, and just trying to get God's heart and trying to heal and trying to let things go. And I'm up on this mountain, and I have been going there. I had the same route every single day I would go. And I'm up there, and I hear that whisper, God's voice. And he said, see that ridge over there? I want you to hike down, hike over that ridge, and then go on the other side. I want to talk to you. And, you know, I, I'm, is that you? Like, it's getting late. I'm, <laughs> it's a long ways, and that's away from my house. But I just knew it was God's voice. And so I hike down, I hike over, I go over the ridge, and as I get over the ridge, I can see it. It's only this big, but I'm like, there's a labyrinth down there. And like, that's a personal thing with me and God. Remember the passage says that he calls us by name. So he knows our name. That's a thing with me and God. Like, you know, it's just a thing. And, and so I see it down there. So I start running down there, like literally running down the hill. Because I'm like, he wants to say something to me. He wants to say something to me. I run down the hill. I get to the middle of the labyrinth. And it was a huge heart of all white rocks. And I just heard God's voice so strong. He's like, I love you. That's all he wanted to say. It was, I love you. I can make a labyrinth with white heart rocks, which are two personal things to you. 
and the, there wasn't a building or anything in sight in the middle of nowhere just to communicate with you that I see you in the middle of this hard season and I love you. You know what the cool part about that was? It was Valentine's Day. It was the day that God did that. But that's, we're talking about hearing God's voice. It's tuning into those whispers, right? So the fourth way is a spoken word. I'm sure many of you are familiar with this Greek word, rhema. But it's what's God saying right now. We know that this is what God said through people long ago, and it certainly applies to today. But what's he saying right now? What's the preceding word, the personal word that's coming out of his mouth right now? This is what Jesus says in Matthew 4.4. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word, which is rhema, that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And then in John 6.63, Jesus said, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. So we'll talk more about this in another week. But God speaks to us spirit to spirit. Talked about inner ears earlier. He has to bypass our mind a lot of times, bypass our fickle emotions, and he speaks to us spirit to spirit. That's why scripture says in so many places, he, he who has ears to hear, let him hear what the spirit says, because God speaks spirit to spirit. A lot of people use this phrase, well, something told me, something told me not to go there. You ever said that? Something told me something was kind of off about that person. A lot of times that something is the Holy Spirit. My brother had a, an older lady in a small group with him one time, and she, she told this story that she took lunch to her adult son. He was working at a construction site, and she she goes on to the site, she's got his lunch, and something told her, take a step to the left. She took a step to the left. A huge beam fell exactly where she was standing. And the voice, which was the Holy Spirit, it saved her life. But that's how we're supposed to live life. Something told me, go hike over that edge, I've got something to tell you. Something told me to take this job and not that job. That's actually how I met my husband transferring schools when I was still teaching. And something told me, like, like the record was scratching. Like, don't take this job, even though it was the one I wanted. The voice of peace was like, go to this school. And then Jeff was teaching right across the hall from the classroom that I was put in. I was just there one year, and then, then went into that uh, job that I mentioned earlier. But that's the divine advantage of being a Christian, right? Is the voice of God. Something told me, choose this school and not that school. That's how we're supposed to live our lives. Take a step to the left. Take a step to the right. We're following that voice. So I mentioned that I used to be a teacher. And in teaching, you're taught that there's three main ways that people learn. So one is visual. So that's seeing. like People like that, like colors and graphs. Another way is auditory. So that's hearing. If that's how you learn, then you're having a fantastic time today because you just got to sit and listen. And then the third one's kinesthetic. So that's doing. So this is like hands, you got to put your hands on. That's how you learn. Bob Hamp has a, a teaching on hearing God. And I love how he translates, translates this over into a spiritual way, because I think this plays out biblically. He says, these are also three ways that God speaks to us spirit to spirit. So visually, remember we have inner eyes and ears, 
God may give us a picture, just like I described at the beginning of the message. That lady said, this just dropped down. I just, I saw this. Or we're praying over someone, and God gives us a picture that's an answer to their situation or to our own situation. So for some of us, it's, it's a picture. For other people, it's auditory. So it's that whisper to our spirit. And, and what I found with God is that when he wants to get a message to us, he doesn't take a ton of words. Yeah. You ever notice that? Yeah. It's like he can say two words or one sentence, and it just solves everything. Kind of like Jesus with the woman caught in adultery. Let him who doesn't have sin cast the first stone. It was done. Well, he's God's son. And I found that when God's whispering, it's, it doesn't go on and on and on. It's just, it's just power-packed. He can say a lot with just a small whisper. And then kinesthetic. This is a strong sense that you need to do something. So it's just a knowing. Deep in your gut, deep in your spirit, you just know. You don't have a, there's not a picture. You don't hear a whisper. You just know. I love how the gospel of Luke starts. The gospel writer says, it seemed fitting to me as well, having investigated everything carefully from the beginning, to write it out to you. What Luke's saying there is, he just knew in his gut, just knew in his belly, I'm supposed to write out an, accord, an, an orderly account of Christ's life. No picture, no vision. But could you imagine not having the gospel of Luke? But he just did it because he just knew. That's how he heard God's voice. So let's quick summary before I move on. How do we hear God's voice? The written word, godly people, other ways, the general category, and then the spoken word. So here's the second question then. How do I know for sure it's God's voice? That's the tricky part, isn't it? Because we have a lot of voices running through our head. How many still have mom's voice in your head? I definitely still have my mom's voice. I saw some coaches' voices in my head. I've, I used to play sports. Sometimes I'll go for a walk, and if I've committed to going to a certain place and I decide ahead of time I want to turn around, I literally hear my coach going, you're going to hit the line. You're not going to go until you get to the spot where you went. But it's a voice that's still in my head. And so we have to be able to determine what's God's voice and what's not because one of the strongest voices, honestly, is our own voice. It's our own passions, our own desires that speak really strongly. We can confuse what we, what we want with, with, with what God wants. And then another loud voice is Satan's voice. And I don't necessarily mean him in person, but his kingdom, his demonic forces. But he disguises his voice. You know, if he would just speak like the Grim Reaper, you know, like, Chris, go get addicted to drugs. Like I would know to not follow that voice. But that's not how he speaks. He, the Bible says he masquerades as an angel of light. And so he tries to imitate God's voice. He tries to imitate. He tries to sound like a Midwest girl from Iowa inside of my head. So we have to be able to distinguish his voice. I love the chart that's in your notes there. This is God's voice versus Satan's voice. God's voice stills you. Satan's voice rushes you, wants you to make hasty decisions. God's voice leads you because he's the good shepherd. He's out front. Satan's voice pushes you. God reassures you. Satan frightens you. God's voice encourages you. Just that word encourage means he puts courage inside of you. 
to do what he's called you to do. Satan's voice discourages you. It means he takes the courage out of you. You start to lose your faith. God comforts. Satan worries. God calms. Satan obsesses you. Anybody have obsessive, compulsive thoughts? It's not of God. God's voice convicts you, and Satan's voice condemns you. And that last one is really, really important because the Satan loves to twist that one and put shame on us. Conviction is God points out a sin that we've committed with the desire for us to repent for it so that we can come closer to God because there's a, there's a separation in the relationship, a distance. So God's voice points out the sin so that we repent and we lean in and we get closer. What Satan does is he points out the sin, but rather than it bringing us close to God, it's that voice of condemnation attaches what we did to who we are. Wow. So we didn't just lie. Now he's like, you're a liar. You know, who wants to be around someone deceptive? What he's trying to do is do what he did to Adam and Eve, get us to go away, get us to run and hide. So he's trying to get us to distance from God. So it's really important when we've sinned that we lean into the voice that's pulling us into God's presence Amen. and not the voice that's making us want to run away. So if you believe that you've heard God's voice, you should run it through these four filters. Number one is, does it agree with Scripture? Always has to agree with Scripture. The Holy Spirit authored this book, and so the Holy Spirit is not going to say something to you or say something through another person, a pastor, somebody prophetic. He's not going to say something that contradicts anything in its word. It's the same author. It's the same source. And so it always has to be filtered through Scripture. Number two is, does it produce peace? Colossians 3.15 says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And that word rule there, it's, it's a similar word to an umpire. So an umpire has a strike zone. If the ball's in the strike zone, it's a strike. If it's outside, it's a ball. And so what Paul's saying is, when it's Christ, it's peace. If it's not peace, it's not of Christ. And I think that's a great rule of thumb for God's voice. If it's bringing you peace, it's of God. If it's bringing you fear and anxiety and the type that's not of God, it's not God's voice. Now, peace doesn't mean, oh, this is the easy route, so this is God's voice. Peace is, like, I just... I have a sense that even though this is going to be hard, God's with me in the middle of it. It's a deep inner peace. It's not like a, a calm that the world gives. It's a deep inner peace that God's in the middle of it. And that's one of the primary ways that we know that it's God's voice is it produces peace. I had a really close friend who uh, was going through a separation, and her husband had actually uh, been unfaithful. And during that time, she came and she lived with me, and, and she absolutely loved the Lord, you know, and wanted to do the right thing. And I, I remember her coming to me one day because, you know, it was in that, that stretch where it's like, you know, does he want to work on the marriage? Doesn't he? How long do I put my life on limbo? And she wanted to do what God wanted her to do. And she came to me and she said, I think I heard God's voice. She said I was praying. Remember, he doesn't, he doesn't go on and on. It's just kind of power packed. And she said, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, I will give him a second chance, but you don't have to. And she said she had so much peace in that moment. Well, does that line up with scripture? Well, he was unfaithful. 
Yeah, but a lot of people have been unfaithful and they've worked it out. Well, God looks over our life, kind of like the Macy's Day Parade. He knows what's in the future. He knows what decisions her husband at the time was going to make. He knew what he wanted for her life. And he can go back in that moment and tell her what she's supposed to do here. Again, it's the divine advantage of being a Christian, hearing God's voice. And God knew that he didn't want to work on it. God knew he was going to marry the other girl. And his life went down a, a really tragic course. He actually ended up taking his own life. And she, her, back in that moment, he spoke that to her. She started walking down a road of recovery, went to a Beyond Divorce class, actually met her next husband in the class. They've got two kids, very happily married and serving God. So, so God knows all that. So God can come back in a moment and just whisper something. And when she heard that, it gave her peace. Even though in that moment, I don't think that, that was the answer that she was wanting. She wanted to fight for it. But she knew that it was God's voice. Earlier, I said, I mentioned the scripture, John 8, 32, truth will set you free. In that moment, she heard the voice of truth. Her faith rose. She felt a level of freedom, even though her circumstances haven't, hadn't changed because she heard God's voice. Number three, was it confirmed through fellow believers? So it's really important through whom God speaks. And there are three relationships that God especially uses to speak to us. And we should expect to hear from these three, three relationships. And we should be doubly cautious if these people caution us. So one is um, through spiritual authority figures. That's one way that God has ordained for his voice to speak. Now, can they ever get off? Yeah. If they get out from under God's authority, yeah. then that's been broken off. But generally speaking, it's God's will that we hear through pastors and leaders. Uh, and then another one is through our spouse, through husbands and wives. Yeah. Nobody has the perspective on your life as your spouse, right? They see things that other people don't see. They have a little more courage to say things that other people don't say. And they know you, and they know your story. And so if they're saying, I don't feel good about this, that we should be pretty sure, especially if they're walking close to the Lord, that they're hearing God's voice. And we should be doubly cautious if they're cautioning us. And we should be, feel doubly confirmed if they're saying, yeah, God's in this. Let's do this. And then the other one is uh, parents and children. That's a way that God has ordained for us to hear his voice. So does it agree with Scripture? Does it produce peace? Was it confirmed through fellow believers? And then the last one, was it confirmed through circumstances? So this goes back to the open and shut doors. If I really believe that I've heard God's voice and I step out in faith, doors should start opening. Now, I don't mean easily and immediately, like God, God uses trials and all that stuff. But generally speaking, if we've heard God, when we start to do the thing that he's called us to do, if he's the author of it, the doors should start opening. Right? So God will use circumstances and God winks and all those things to confirm that we've heard his voice. So the last one then is how do I hear God better? First of all, we need to go to a certain place and close the door. These are Jesus' words. He says, when you go into your room, close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Scripture also says of Jesus that one day he was praying in a certain place. Well, as you follow his story in the Gospels, he was always going away to a certain place. That means he had a place of prayer. 
we should have a place where God meets with us. Whether it's a chair in the corner of a room or in a labyrinth or on a hike, but there's a place where you and God meet. And it's an, it's an undistracted place, which is what Jesus is saying. Close the door. God gets your undivided attention. It's a place where you can worship him, where you can, you don't worry about your grocery list. You don't have the TV going on. You don't take your phone in that space. It's a space where you can tune in to God's voice. And then also, we have to get on God's frequency. I love the example of a radio. Uh, Robert Morris has a book called Frequency, and he talks about this. And I think it's such a great analogy. And and what he talks about how is um, God maybe is broadcasting on a station over here, like FM radio, 101.7 FM. God's broadcasting over here, and it's a place of rest and slowing down to be with God and not working seven days a week and taking a day off and going to a certain place and closing the door and not taking our phone in there. That's the space where God is speaking. But so many of us are over here on another dial, like 99.3 All About Me FM. You know, you're just going to prayer and just like, this is what I want, this is what I need, and I'm lonely and my rent's about up and, you know, I need a new place to live. I mean, it's just like, rah, 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 rah. And we're supposed to take our requests and supplications to God. We absolutely are. That's biblical. He wants to hear those things. But for many of us, that's all we do. We just run in in a scurry to our secret place and just, this is what I want, this is what I need, this is what I want, this is what I need. It's like we're on a phone call. We just pick up and say all this stuff, and then we hang up before God gets to say anything back. And God's not usually broadcasting on that radio station. He's usually over here. We really should enter prayer with, God, what do you want to say to me? Because one word, one phrase from God can set us free. But we can't hear if we're doing all the talking. And so we, we get into that place with God. And I mean, the first thing I do, I always say, Lord, give me eyes to see and ears to hear because I need to spiritually discern this. God's always speaking through his word. So that's a great place to start. But before we start talking, we should always say, God, what do you want to say to me? We wait for a picture to come. We wait for that knowing. We wait for that whisper. And if we don't hear, then we take that as a cue of, then it's my turn to start talking. Because we can't really tell God what to say, but we can position ourselves so that we can hear. So that if he does speak, we're found listening. So if we go back to the story that I talked about at the beginning with uh, the lady that the screen came down and the coloring book, this is what happened with her. She got on this station in a slow place in a, a dedicated space to hear God's voice, and she was asking the right questions. God, show me something you want to talk to me about. He showed her that scene. God, what's the lie I believed? And God did this deep work inside of her heart because faith comes from hearing. She heard God's voice. But then what happens is God says, okay, let's turn the dial. Let's go back here and ask me again about a spouse. Ask me again about a new job because I want to give it to you now because I know you're not going to sabotage it. Because I've come in and I've done that deep work inside of you and male bosses used to trigger you. That's why you kept losing your job. You've gone through these same patterns with men, but when we get in that quiet place with God and ask the right questions, the truth sets us free, right? And here's the last one, and the worship team can come up now. 
And this is really one of the most important tools and I think one of the most neglected tools when it comes to hearing God's voice. And it's confess what you hear. When we hear the word confession, we typically think of one thing, sin. But sometimes, actually most of the time, I believe, God is talking to us about a whole lot more than sin. So we should only use the word sin, I'm sorry, confession should only be attached to sin when that's what God is talking about. So confession, it comes from a compound word. It's, it's I'll probably mispronounce it, but homogalous. So homo means the same. And then logio or logios means the expression of what's in God's heart. So biblical confession literally is to say the same thing as God. So if God is speaking to us about sin, then yeah, we need to confess it. But what if he's speaking to us about how he created us and what his purpose for our life is or something that happened a long time ago and he's wanting to say truth to us or how he made us and and how we're, we're being cowardly and he wants us to step out, maybe like Gideon. Remember when God came to Gideon? Great and mighty warrior. What did Gideon say? Oh, I'm the least person in the worst family in the whole nation. He wasn't believing what God was saying. So our prescription there that we're going to use throughout this freedom course, it's on your handout, but also be on the screen. It's we have to hear God's voice. Then we have to believe what he says. Then we confess it with our mouth. And then we obey. So Gideon heard God's voice. He didn't believe it. So what did he start confessing? (laughs) The opposite. He started confessing what the enemy would want him to believe. It's the same thing that happened with Abram and Sarai. Remember when they heard God about having the baby Isaac? Did, Did she believe it? No. Instead of confessing it, she laughed about it. And so that's always the wrestle that we have with hearing God. I believe we hear him a whole lot more than we realize but we don't believe what he's saying. And because we don't believe it, we either don't confess it or we confess the opposite, and that's what keeps us in bondage. That's actually spiritual warfare, which we'll talk about in another week. What we're confessing indicates what we're believing, and it all starts in the place of prayer, hearing God's voice, believing what we hear, confessing it, and then obeying. Mary was our model for this, and I'll close with this. Remember when the angel of the Lord came to her, Gabriel? It was a message from God. And he told her what her purpose was. She's going to give birth to Christ, Emmanuel. It's a little probably 14-year-old girl. So she had heard God. And she asked one question. She said, how can this be? She wasn't in disbelief or rebellion. It was just a practical question. It was a good one. (laughs) How can this be? And then Gabriel says, the Holy Spirit's going to come on you. He's going to overshadow you. You remember her response? She said, be it unto me according to your word. She modeled this. She heard God. She believed what he said. She confessed it with her mouth. And then she obeyed that will of God on her life all the way to the foot of the cross and beyond. Hear, believe, confess, obey. Here's how we're going to close this service today. I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes. Each of these weeks, we want to end in what we call reset moments. So these are opportunities 
to hear God's voice. And it's really simple. I'm going to give you a question, and I just want you to repeat it in your heart. You don't need to say it out loud. I just want you to repeat it in your heart where you're asking God to speak. And each time I give you a question, I'll give you some time to listen. So I just want you to, if you've got notes out or your phone, just put that stuff away. This is that secret place where God speaks. Let's put both feet on the ground. Take a couple deep breaths. I want you to get comfortable in these moments. And don't be tempted to be a spiritual peeping Tom. Don't worry about what God's saying to your neighbor. Just listen to what God may want to say to you. I'm going to pray, and then I'm going to give you these questions. Holy Spirit, we ask you right now in these moments to come. We ask you to speak. God, just one word from you could get us unstuck. Just one word from you today would help us to walk in freedom. Unplug our ears today to hear your voice. I want you to first ask God to show you that certain place where you can meet each day. Now I want you to just picture yourself there. Just kneeling or in a chair or walking. Just picture yourself there. Having a conversation with God. Now I want you to ask God, what part of my personality brings you great joy? God, what moment in my life brought you great happiness? God, what moment in my life brought you great sadness?
What area of my life would you like to heal? God, what's true about me? As God begins to speak, I want you to confess it back to him. God, how much does it mean to you for us to spend time alone together? Is there anything else you'd like to say to me in this moment? Thanks again for listening to this message at Rivers Church. We'd love to have you subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. To learn more about what's going on in the life of our church community, check us out at riverschurch.co. I pray that this week you would walk in the power and the presence of God. Thanks for joining us.